Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 4 of Gen Z Talks. If this is your first time around here, hey, I'm Firdaus, I'm so happy you decided to click on this episode and I hope you like what you hear. Now, I know I didn't post last week and I'm so, so sorry for that. I've been so busy with other projects as well as with schoolwork and some health issues that I didn't have time to prepare an episode or anything. And when I did prepare one a couple of days ago, I recorded it and everything, but I realized I didn't like it at all. The guest was magnificent, she was amazing, and her part was just like perfect but my part didn't have the quality I wanted and it was a bit forced because I wasn't even feeling that well either you know so I chose not to upload it or edit it so now we're here (laughs) trying to manage everything at once don't get me wrong I love what I do and wouldn't trade it for anything in the whole world but sometimes I get overwhelmed with other things and can't dedicate as much time as I would like to the podcast and if you know me I'm like super open about this and I always talk about it on Instagram I have anxiety and sometimes it's just a bit too much you know everything in general so I have to slow down and see what is happening around me you know and just see where to continue but yeah thank the lord for everything oh and especially for the 650 plays the podcast has already like it's unbelievable and mind-blowing that you guys have played my episodes 650 times in the month I have started this little project like what it has been a month like today's episode is episode number four so that would make it over a month but back to the episode which I'm already gonna tell you that is going to be really short and I hope you don't mind because I kind of struggle to record solo episodes because they are shorter than the ones with the guests, so yeah. But anyway, uh, today I want to talk about feminism again, because why not? But this time I want to focus on the side that we don't talk about, the kind of the bad side of feminism. Because let's be honest, feminism is not as rainbows and unicorns as we want it to be. Not feminism per se, but a type of feminism, which personally I don't even consider feminism. If you follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok, which you definitely should be, the handle is at P-O-D, you might have an idea about what I'm talking about, because I've been posting about it since International Women's Day, and that is white feminism. First, before starting with all the whatever I want to talk about, I want to read to you the caption I wrote and the tweet that made me reflect on this and made me decide to record this episode. This caption is under the latest, the late, the latest, the latest <laughs> picture on the podcast IG. Again, if you don't follow me there, stop by and click that button. And it goes like this. On International Women's Day, I posted a caption in my main account I was actually afraid to post. 
instead of uploading some inspirational quote or something, I decided I wanted to really put out there what I've been thinking about for the last year or so. When I started advocating for feminism and supporting the movement, I was overwhelmed with solidarity I only saw either in movies or on the news when they tried to hide their own sexism. For example, insert here any movie slash series production company or news channel. But that is absolutely not true. Especially when the people writing, producing and directing those audiovisuals are white. They only show the flowers and rainbows of feminism, not the hard truth everyone avoids. White feminism. Black, indigenous and women of color, BWOC, are not only left out of the feminist movement, but when we talk about our experiences, most of the time we are gaslighted, marginalized and we don't even get the same attention, even when we're harassed, even when we rape. Trust me, I'm talking from experience. Now, I don't know about you, but if I weren't the one who wrote this and read it, I wouldn't know what to answer, because what can you say to someone who doesn't feel represented in a social movement that theoretically was made to fight for their rights and protect them? That was what I thought feminism would be to me. That when I would speak up about something that happened to me, I would be supported, not the other way around. Just a little disclaimer though, before we get into like deeper grounds. I'm not saying feminism is bad or anything. I'm still a feminist and I'll always be. Uh, what I'm talking about is specifically white feminism. So now if I talk about just, if I say just feminism, I'm not referring to the whole movement. I'm referring to white feminism. Um, as you know, I live in Spain and as much as someone tries to tell you otherwise, people here are racist and xenophobic. And the worst part is that they don't even try to change it because we don't talk about it, like, ever. And don't even think about telling someone that they have racist... I don't know how to talk. <laughs> that they have racist attitudes because the answer is always that's not racist, I was just joking, I'm not racist, I have uh, insert a minority friend, boyfriend or girlfriend, or well, is everything racist now? So basically, there's a lot of gaslighting, as I mentioned before, when it comes to subjects like this one. And about the tweet I said before, it's from Beggy Bitch, and it says, mm, Okay, let me pull it here because I have the notebook. Wait, <laughs> it's not in this page. <laughs> here. When we discuss sexism, let's never forget the role white feminism has played in excluding and alienating black women from the conversation and how our experiences as white women have always been held in higher regard than those of women of color. And it just summarizes all my feelings on the subject and the fact that we are most likely not gonna be believed as women of color when we speak up on the injustices we face is just so, so bad. I mean, just look at Meghan Markle and the interview she did with Oprah lately. I think it was last week or something like that. She literally said she had suicidal thoughts and 
she was scared to be left alone because she was afraid of what she could possibly do and no one helped her. And not even that, people started saying how she was faking it and that she it that wasn't that deep and a bunch of other nonsenses. And if that happened to her as a mixed race woman in the freaking royalty, imagine what other women of color have to go through. I don't know, just think about it. I mean, it's quite deep if you ask me. Like, if someone who is rich, who is in the royalty, you know, and all that, has to go through this, like, normal women, and with normal, I'm not saying that Meghan Markle is normal, but just <laughs> regular women, you know, who don't have as many privileges as she does, have to go through, you know, it just, I don't know, it's just wild, if you think about it. <laughs> oh, and I just realized that I've started talking about the subject without my usual basic question I make at the beginning of all my episode, what is that or whatever topic I'm talking about. So what do I mean when I say white feminism? Like, what is that and why is it different from other denominations in the feminist movement? So a white feminist is not a feminist who is white, but um, I quote Wikipedia, Wikipedia, Wikipedia is how it's pronounced in Spanish. <laughs> it's Wikipedia, right? In English, yeah, Wikipedia. <laughs> so yeah, white feminism is a form of feminism that focuses on the struggles of white women while failing to address distinct forms of oppression faced by ethnic minority women and women lacking other privileges. Basically, it has the same vibes as All Lives Matter and being pro-life. Like, of course, all lives matter and I don't want to kill children, but that doesn't erase other struggles. It just doesn't work like that. In feminism, it's the same. And now that I think about it, white feminists are like trying so hard to be oppressed. Like they absolutely know that they have so many other privileges because first of all, you're white and wherever you go, your skin color matters. So even if you travel to a country where white people are not the majority, like say, for example, I don't know, you go to India, there you're going to be treated so different than like Indian people, you know, or like tourists who are not white. Because th there is the thing that is colorism, you know, so even if there the majority of people are not white, you are going to get special treatment. And again, I'm not talking about feminists who happen to be white. I'm talking about quote-unquote feminists because as I'm going to discuss next, I don't consider this type of feminist, like this type of feminism valid. Um, yeah, but feminists who are white and focus only on the struggles of other white women. This is not what the movement is about. You can choose who you fight for and when to stay silent. Either you include all women or you don't talk about it ever. And with all women, I truly mean every single person who identifies as a woman. Even if you don't agree with her faith, career choice or lifestyle. Take the example that I personally don't truly understand the subject around surrogacy because uh, I'm not that informed or anything and I personally would never be a surrogate mom. 
That doesn't mean that when a woman who is, was, or will be a surrogate mom speaks about her experience or demands any kind of rights, I'm gonna dismiss her. Like, I may not agree with her, but I'll never, ever alienate her. Um, and another aspect about white feminism that makes my blood boil <laughs> is not taking into account other women's circumstances and not acknowledging the privilege they have. So here, little story time about the subject. Some days ago, I was talking to a teacher about some random things. It started with her telling me that my sister was the complete opposite of me. Then we talked about my hijab because she asked me, like, because my sister doesn't wear the hijab. And she was like, is it like a choice? Is it like, you know, why doesn't she wear it? I'm like, mm, she doesn't want to. <laughs> But yeah, we started talking about that, my hijab. And somehow we ended bringing up a couple of girls who, they are from Pakistan, uh, who are in eighth grade, and they have recently moved to Spain. She was telling me how they don't want to talk to any male teacher or classmate, um, and that our high school was finding it hard to approach them because they don't know Spanish either. And then I immediately said, well, you don't know what's going Like, what was going on back where they are from, you know? So maybe something happened to them or to someone close to them. Maybe they are afraid of what could happen to them, you know? Or maybe they are just not used to be in a co-ed classroom, you know, with, uh, with boys and girls. Either way, it doesn't have to seem weird. Just because we are not used to something, it doesn't mean it's unnatural or wrong, you know? Now, this is just... A small and maybe even inoffensive situation, but apply it to bigger situations like in politics. Like thinking about passing a law to protect women or something similar without noticing that in reality that might actually hurt other women. And if you can think about any situation, just remember that Belgium has recently allowed universities to ban the hijab. Perhaps they thought that removing religious symbols in educational facilities will decrease hate speech or some weird thing. But the only thing that that does is to like deprive hijabis of the right to choose what to wear. Oh, and now that we're talking about the hijab, just want to remind everyone that religion and feminism can coexist. There is nothing wrong with being Christian, Jewish, Muslim, or Buddhist and identifying as feminist at the same time, you know? It, it's not something weird, you know, or not compatible or anything like, no, it doesn't go like this. Because from my experience, feminism is the tool I use to get back the right my faith gave me and that society took away from me. I had the right to vote, have an education, or inherit money way before any European country stopped believing that women didn't have a soul. Trust me, this is true. <laughs> But since I live under a patriarchy, those rights were taken away. And this leads me to the next topics I want to get into. The white savior complex and the my body, my choice mantra. I don't know if you... If I say it correctly, but I think it's a mantra, but yeah, you get it. 
So about the first one, you might think, how does the white savior complex apply in feminism if the whole movement is to show that women don't need to be saved? And I agree, the goal is to show that we don't need to be saved. But from who? From men. This complex starts playing uh, its role when white women inside the movement uh, try to save other women from their identities or backgrounds. And in some way, they remind me of the pick me prompt I talked about in my first episode with Laura, another activist. Um, if you have listened to the episode, it's episode one, yeah, <laughs> internalized misogyny, you'll see that uh, they are not quite the same, but they had the same foundation. Like, they try to show how good of a feminist they are because they are saving other women when in reality no one needs to be saved like i love how white feminists start advocating against the hijab for example when they don't even understand what wearing it means they get all their information either from men or other women who don't wear it i mean I might be wrong, but how do you expect to learn about hijabis without talking to hijabis? Or the way they start speaking about sexual slavery in some remote part of the world when the same is happening in the country they live in or even the city they live in. And again, just to show how they care about women like no becky you just care about your ego stop it and about the my body my choice topic you can say this if you don't truly believe in it like i was told that i couldn't be a feminist because i was a hijabi and i was told like someone told me this um i don't remember when it was i think no i'm thinking <laughs> and i don't believe it was in a march like in a feminist march i think it was no it wasn't in high school either i don't remember <laughs> but yeah someone told me that i couldn't like how can i be a feminist when uh i was wearing a hijab maybe it was on twitter or on instagram people are weird around there so yeah <laughs> but yeah as i was saying as if believing in equality between men and women has something to do with my clothes like my body my choice doesn't only imply that a woman can dress as little as she wants of course if that is her choice that's great. I'm not going to tell her otherwise. But if I or any other woman decide that we want to dress modestly, everyone should accept that. Without questions. Just accept it and shut up. Same with sex. If someone wants to have sexual relationships with other people, as long as it is consensual from both parties, I'm not going to oppose anything. And I expect the same treatment when I say I don't want to have sex with anyone but the person I want to marry. Because that is my body, my choice too. No one is forcing me to decide anything. So I insist, stop with the white saver complex. Anyway, changing topics. At the beginning of the episode, I said something around the lines of when you are a feminist, you can't choose the fights you talk about, indicating that, for example, you can't or you shouldn't be so supportive when a white woman gets raped or abused and stay silent when a woman of color goes through the same. Why I'm even bringing this up? So, 
a few years ago, exactly in 2016, there was a gang rape case in Spain that got a lot of attention, but like, it was called La Manada de San Fermín Rape Case. So yeah, it got a lot of attention and this year I even did a research project about the impact the child had on the Spanish society. Obviously, I don't think it shouldn't have gotten so much press or anything. On the contrary, I'm glad everyone talked about it because we kind of got some justice after all. But it's sad too. Because around that same year, a lot of seasonal workers started to file lawsuits against their bosses because they were abusing them. And just to put you in context, a lot of people who want to migrate from North Africa, especially from Morocco to Spain, don't have a choice but to work as seasonal workers in the region of Andalusia, mostly picking up fruits. And yeah, as you can imagine, because they work without a contract and don't have any insurance, the working conditions are terrible and anyone can benefit from them. They don't have legal status in Spain, no one can claim that they know them and they are not protected by the law. And to that, that they can't go back to their country. Wait, why was I talking about this? Oh yeah, so when this happened, and it still happens by the way, they literally got about one minute of coverage on the news. I didn't see any feminist organization or anyone in general uh, give them the attention they deserved. Just because they're poor or because they are not quote-unquote legal, because I've as far as I'm concerned, no one is illegal, especially when the country you are trying to find a better life in colonized your homeland and stole everything. Or is it because they are not white? Actually, I think we have found our answer. Because this keeps happening over and over again. Spain is really diverse, but when you only use that diversity to boost your ego and to show the world that you are not racist, Things like this happen. And yeah, you can be a feminist and still be racist at the same time. One doesn't override the other. So if you ever find yourself in a situation where a woman of color is calling you out, listen to her, don't try to justify your behavior or comment, and for God's sake, don't get offended. Just understand why that is offensive to her and apologize. And don't do it again. Worst thing than calling someone out once is calling them out twice. And lastly, I want to elaborate slash explain something I brought up on my Instagram on International Women's Day 2. So, in my amazing caption where I wanted to share my annoyance with white feminism with the world, I stated that my platform was going to center on giving voice to black, indigenous, and women of color from now on. Not because I don't care about white women or think that their struggles are less or something, like, not at all, but I realized that there aren't as many accounts or organizations as I would like that give the space needed for BWOG, not in Europe at least. So yeah, I still have no idea about what I want to do or anything, but I have 
inspiration in mind. <laughs> like I want to keep with the intersectional fight while sharing and consuming more BWOC content, reading more BWOC books and other things. It's just that I've been so marginalized inside and outside the movement that I feel like I have to create my own space and our own space, you know, for other women of color. Um, as I mentioned before, at first, when I started with activism and joining marches and debates around feminism, I wanted to think that this was it. The place I was going to be accepted the way I am and that my origin, skin color and faith wouldn't matter as much as the fact that I'm a woman. But unfortunately, that wasn't like that. <laughs> and now that I'm reflecting on it, it's not that I wasn't warned on anything, because I was. I saw other B-Work activists talk about the same thing and have the same experiences as me. But I didn't want that to be true. Someday I'll tell you my life story and this will make sense. I mean, the why I didn't want to face the reality that feminism in Spain wasn't that inclusive. But yeah, in the meantime, I'm gonna do my best to keep bringing you guys inclusive and quality work and to keep thinking ways we can change this. Because it's not fair that the only movement that was supposed to be for Everyone is only for a few. So with all due respect, if you are not an intersectional feminist and you don't support black, indigenous and women of color too, you sound just as stupid as the people who claim that they don't need feminism because it's sexist toward men. And yeah, that is it for what I wanted to say today. I hope it didn't feel too long even that it, the timing is quite short and that you learned something new and enjoyed it. This was just me ranting about what makes me mad and this is probably not the last time you're going to be listening to me speak about things that annoy me. So I hope you don't mind that either. <laughs> and before ending the episode, I would love to ask you to follow the podcast if you're listening on Spotify or subscribe and leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Um, I want to know what you think about this little thing because I want to improve it and I don't know, just leave me a review. Also, tell me what you think about the episode and Gen Z Talks in general on social media. The podcast, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter are at Gen Z Talks Pod, P-O-D. And again, thanks for listening and see you next week. Bye!